When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Colin II, and with me as always via Zoom is... Sesame and Carta. Sesame and Carta. <clears throat> now, do you spell that like you would think it's spelled, or is it spelled differently? The way you would think it spells. Okay. Depending on how you think it should be spelled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it should be spelled M A T T H E W H A A S E. Is that right? Mm, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Just I checking. Don't, don't put my name out there like that. No, it doesn't matter. Just say. <laughs> already know it it's already in the bio for the program yeah um so anyways mr sesame um today on the show we are covering the unsold tv pilot called revenge of the nerds based on the film of the same name uh This was released in 1991, or filmed in 1991, I should say. What did you think of it? Uh, I I don't know. I didn't really like it that much. Yeah, as as I say, this makes uh, Big Bang Theory look like a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, just Mm -hmm. the jokes were flat, the whole, like, geeky laugh, I guess that's supposed to be, like, a laugh that nerds make, like, apparently different groups of people, like, depending on their, like, interests, laugh differently, which I don't understand that, okay, I mean, like, do people cry differently depending on, like, their personal interests, or, like, I mean, how does that... There, there, there are specific laughs. Like, if you're a Star Trek fan, you have a certain laugh. If you're a Star oh. Wars fan, you have a different laugh. And then if you have a... I'm joking. Not, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize that, but apparently that was what the TV show was going for here. Yeah, I mean, they did kind of have that in the movie, too, but not... It's been well, years. I didn't like the movies either, so... I, I it's just, been, it's yeah. been years since I've seen that rape-filled movie. So, um... They made three movies, and then they decided to go do a TV show, too. It's like... It, I mean, didn't we really say all we need to say with, like, the first one? Yeah. There, I mean, do we really... Yeah, I think three? there's actually four movies. Okay, wow. So... Yeah. <laughs> that and a TV show, 
based off the same characters, I guess, or maybe, I don't know. And, and then, and I do know that there was a remake in development with Seth MacFarlane involved of the movie. And, um, oh. yeah. And, uh, but that was put on hold, I guess back in like 2019. Hmm. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Maybe they started to realize that, yeah, this kind of is played out. Um, <laughs> and nobody wants it. I mean, it's like nobody's asking for it. Like, like why? You know, like nobody's like pining for Revenge of the Nerds. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it was just like. Yeah, a, I mean, I, I guess maybe what they were thinking is the success of Big Bang Theory would make people in <clears> today's <throat> day and age want to watch some geeky or nerdy guys. Yeah, but, but the, yeah. yeah, whatever. The whole point of the movie is different than the Big Bang Theory, but it's yeah, like... Yeah, no, I know it is, but what, what, I, what I'm saying is that maybe that they were just trying to milk off of that success. Yeah. And, um, Probably. Also, you like, know, ner- would you know nerd culture is like nothing at all? Like no, what I mean... No, say, like, you know I mean? When, when, when you have famous celebrities who consider themselves nerds, it's kind yeah. of not really a thing anymore. It's, it's not. No, it's no. just this was. It's like it's like the new mainstream. It's the new normal. So to not be a nerd is actually to be like rebellious. Like it's weird. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's like I mean, honestly, I mean, when you look at the success of, you know, it depends on what you define nerd by. Because I think everybody's a nerd in some way. Anyways, you could be a nerd for sports. You could be a nerd for, you know, heavy metal music. You could be a nerd for opera. You could be a nerd for you know, a TV show, you could, whatever, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, you know, depends on what you consider a nerd. And with the success of things like, you know, Star Wars and Marvel and Star Trek and stuff like that, it's not really nerdy anymore. (laughs) It's kind of mainstream. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, what happens in this episode here? Sesame. Uh, the the two two of the nerds are getting their dorm room set up. I don't remember their characters' names. Um, one of them uh, is Lewis really, and Gilbert. Okay, yeah. <laughs> one of one of them is really really excited that they have a poster of mold on their wall or something. I don't know. And then then the other guy is like. Or you know, he's like, oh, this is just like home or whatever. And then the other guy's like, no, this is better than home because we get to be free or blah, blah, whatever. And we're going to have girls here and all this kind of stuff. Like, okay, whatever. And then, uh, and, like, the other guy is, like, really nervous around, like, girls. Like, he can't even say the word woman, like, because he gets too nervous. So he has to say, like, someone of another gender. Which, which they, I guess it's kind of progressive for 1991, but which they know. which they didn't steal at all for Big Bang Theory and Raj. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, well, technically, Big Bang was stole it from. Well, that's what I'm saying that's what Big Bang oh, yeah. stole from this. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, and then of course the jacks come in immediately because this is a 23 minute long show, and they're like carrying. One of the other nerds, I guess, like some small kid who's like 14 or whatever, which, you know, a young Sheldon situation going on there, too, as well. Um, 
My, yeah. my thing with that is, is would they let a uh, 14 year old live in a dorm? No, they wouldn't. On a campus, regardless of his. <clears throat> no, they would at the very least have to have a, a guardian of some type that was, you know, legally allowed by the parents and the states, I imagine, to look after, you know, the child, probably have them stay at their own, their house or apartment or whatever. No, you can't just have a kid just wandering around a college university campus, staying in a dorm room <laughs> with people that aren't like siblings or family members or, or whatever. But no, again, whatever. <laughs> and then like, there's like the other nerd is like got long hair and I guess he's supposed to be like the like the rocker nerd or like the, the gross out nerd. His name is Booger. I mean, these are all characters from the movie. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, he looks nothing like Booger. But no, okay. he's and got then, uh, blonde hair and everything. I mean, just I mean, so so people know Rob Stone, who people may know from Mister Belvedere, played Lewis in this. Um, an actor named uh, Lightfeld um, Lewis played. Gilbert Lowe. Um, Grant Gelt played Harold Wormser, the 14-year-old. Robbie Rist, who people may know as Cousin Oliver, played Booger. So that's what we got so far. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm kind of shaky on the character. So yeah. he's he's like, you know, an idiot nerd, I guess. I don't know. And the jocks, you know, are basically saying they're going to take over the dorm room because they're allowed to for whatever reason. And, like, they start throwing, like, the telescope and all the members of the nerd crew outside the window, causing physical harm and violence on, on the campus. And then, um, and then they, they drop Booger from the, the roof. So that's another attempt at murder, which, you know, has gone on, you know, like unaccounted for. But they're jocks, so they get away with it. I mean... I, I guess so. I mean, it's 1991. And then... Well, you know, uh, you, you, they you, go you down jocks that get away with, uh, you know, raping women in this day and age. So. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, not much has changed. I mean, they bring in all the money, so, you know, they get to do whatever they want. So, they, they go downstairs to, like, you know, to eat or whatever. I don't know. And then they see... You know, a bunch of cheerleaders, of course. And then, like, you know, Booger thinks, like, he can get with any of them because he's a moron. I don't know. And then uh, they get the idea, oh, well, we should have these guys pledge for the fraternity that just threw them out the window and stole the dorm room. It's not suspicious at all. Like, not 30 seconds earlier. And they're like, oh... Yeah, I guess that was all part of the hazing. Well, no, because hazing comes after you start pledging. You know, like, you don't, like, hazing doesn't begin when people just decide to steal your dorm room and throw you out the window. Like, it doesn't work that way. But you figure that nerds, i.e. people with high IQs, would, you know, be able to follow the laws of cause and effect. But, but I guess not these nerds. So I don't know. And then, um, so they start pledging... And there's a bunch of dumb hazing scenes that are not funny at all. You got this, the big guy, Jock, is wearing some weird, goofy little helmet thing while he's, like, cracking eggs on the people's faces, I guess. And they're like, 
spraying them with water, asking them if they've ever had sex before. And if they lie, they keep spraying them with the water. With and then, the uh, joke being and, and that they never had Wormser says at one point, he's like, I don't even know if I can. Yeah, which I'm not even sure, okay, what that means. Okay, and then uh, it's like, this, maybe he's got a personal problem, I don't know. But, um, you know, maybe go consult your doctor about or that. Maybe but maybe he's um, talking about his age and saying that, you know, I don't know. Oh, uh, probably the joke. Yeah, yeah. okay. And then it, it went over my head. But so they keep spraying them with the water, you know, which again is interesting if you think about it because this might have been a sort of allusion to, you know, or, or a subconscious kind of thing because <clears throat> right after all of this, you know, it's revealed that the whole thing was like a prank that they, you know, weren't accepted. So they're like trying to like find any fraternity that will accept them and then they finally go to a black fraternity but they're like the guys are like hosing them down with water which is what the police did to black people back in the 60s when they're protesting for equal rights and the jocks let's face it probably you know a lot of them probably going to end up being cops so like it's like oh well this is just like a recreation or, or like a like a stepping stone to what they're going to be doing to like protesters later on in life, you know, and when their football careers inevitably don't succeed and stuff like I, that. Something. I, I think yeah. you've thought more deeply about this right now than the writers did writing the whole well, 30 minutes of the show. Well, I don't think they thought about it either. I think their subconscious <laughs> mind thought of it. They're like, yeah. hey, well, you know, these people are violent and they've got power and they've got, you know, physical strength and they've got, you know, a lack of empathy for others. So, they're going to treat people badly when they have this sense of power. And then that's exactly what the police were doing back in the 1960s with the water cannons. So anyway, so then right after that, though, right after the spraying down session, which is reminiscent of the 1960s protest movement, um, they then go to, right, immediately go to um, wanting to pledge for the black fraternity. I forgot their name, called the Accolades. There's not the Accolades, um, something. And then... Um, what the... The, the black fraternity. Oh, the forgot black, their name. black fraternity is the the trilams. That's right, trilams. Which apparently nobody um, is in. Like, I, I mean, like I don't. No, no. Because like they, are, they they have chapters at different universities, just not at the university that the nerds are going to. Oh, I see. Yeah. So what's the how? Because that's how it like, is in the movie too. They they join the trilams and they start the first chapter oh. of the trilams and. The joke is the fact that they're all white guys, basically, in this, or mostly white guys in this, mostly black, or it's all black fraternity. Right, but if there's no one, how are they paying a guy to just sit around when there's no one to actually, I mean, that's a weird job to have, right? Well, I don't, like I don't really know how fraternities work, so it might be a thing where they actually have that as part of the budget of a fraternity. I guess, because there's just some mm -hmm. guy just sitting behind a desk, and there's nothing to, like, yeah, organize or look after because there's no there's no people to you know to well, manage. They, they, they were at the national headquarters for the fraternity, not like a local chapter. Oh, okay. So basically, they were trying to basically what they were doing is trying to start that fraternity at this university. Uh, okay, so they traveled for this, probably. That's ridiculous. They actually okay. Well, that makes it worse, actually. Yeah. Um, I thought they just went to like a certain building at the school. They actually traveled probably out of state for this, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the guys like, you know, they got to have a bunch of weird, like 
stereotypes of like white people trying to act like what they think black people act like, which is like a form of racism in and of itself, but okay, whatever. 1991. And uh, like they're doing like the Arsenio Hall thing, I guess, like where they used to like do something with their fist, like, or I don't remember, something like that. Yeah, a whoop, whoop, whoop thing, yeah. I'm like, this is so cringe, cringeworthy, like, to like, I'm hard to watch this, like, it's, like, really hard to watch this. And, like, the, the guy who, like, runs, like, I guess, like, the national fraternity, whatever, he makes the, the, this other guy be, like, their, I don't know, leader, whatever you call it, um... Their advisor or whatever. Advisor. So then, like, they go have to set up you know, a house to live in. It's like some junky house. That they have to like paint and you know, oh my god, this is such a bad show. And um, and like someone throws a brick through the window, and they're like, "Leave this fraternity or else," or whatever. I don't know. I don't remember. And then um, and like at first I thought it was gonna be like a racist thing, you know, like oh this black fraternity just started. No, it wasn't anything like that. You know, that would have actually, like, you know, brought a little bit of, like, depth, you know, to the story, but, you know, they wouldn't go that way. So, um, no, it was just the jocks didn't want them to have their own fraternity, I guess. And so that's what that was about. That was the whole scene for that. What else happened? Uh, I don't know. You want to take a quick break and we'll talk about the rest of it here after the break? Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. I'm going to go watch a couple episodes of Big Bang Theory to get this show out of my head. Wait, would that be a bad thing? No. <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back. No Outlet Live. Hey, I'm Jay Remy, host of No Outlet Live. If you're in a podcast that explore any and everything, check us out. We stream anywhere you listen or watch podcasts, or just type No Outlet Live one word in your Google search bar to find the show. Live Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Facebook. No Outlet Live, your road to boredom ends here. Do you like Tessa? Do you think this will be a date that can last? Well, uh, she's not very articulate. And just like Cousin Oliver, we're back to ruin a television series. Anyway, so, um, wait, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Robbie Rust, if you're listening to this. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> um, so basically, okay, so like you said, they move into this house, which is like a crime scene, basically. And, um, yeah, that's right. There was like a whole, yeah. Yeah, I don't get that. Okay. Um, yeah, um, they're, like, doing experiments on a hamster in this house. <laughs> for no reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> which Booger thinks is cool. Um, God. when he sees, like, that what he thinks is a dead hamster. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, that character just, like, pisses me off the most out of all of them. Like, yeah. That's badly written, totally. Um, the, uh... So, P.T. is the name of the guy that's their advisor. Um, he says he basically says that there's no hope for them at all because they can't, you know, defend themselves against the jocks 
and they need to be cool and strong and all that shit. And then <laughs> they, uh, um, they, they created some kind of devices or something, which I don't really get. That, uh, how it could work, yeah. Yeah, that somehow messed with the hearing of the, of the jocks and they were able to fight them off by doing that. I like made them like do involuntary bodily movements too. Like, yeah, I'm sure a bunch of freshmen in college have figured this out with like a little remote control thingy. Yeah. Um, with and, no like app equipment or anything. <clears throat> yeah, and um so yeah, they they it, that's basically how it ends. <laughs> yeah, I mean literally that's it. They yeah. they're in the house and then Booger being like mm-hmm. his moron self is like <laughs> cool. I, that's, that's, that's the other thing about Booger I can't stand. Like throughout this whole episode, he's like completely oblivious to like, like he's gotten over. What do you say it? Like he he's overly confident, but it's not because he's actually confident. It's because he's just oblivious to like everything. Like he does. He's one of these people that doesn't know that other people don't like him. Is what it is. So like. That's not really confidence because, like, you're just like ignorant, you know. And he's always like, "Oh, like." There's this one scene where he's. I'm sorry if you're Facebook friends with the guy, but there's this one scene where, like, they get kicked. You know, they got kicked out, and there's you know, there's like a bunch of like notes on like the the bulletin board about like you know people looking for roommates. And he's like, "Oh man, our, our housing problems is gonna be fixed." <laughs> and he like blows his nose on one of the pieces of paper. Like, who are the lucky people that are gonna be be, be my roommate or whatever? Yeah, so everyone no like reason takes, whatsoever he blows his nose too. It just didn't make sense. That's stupid. And then it's just like so everyone takes like their information off because like, oh, I don't want to live with this guy. <laughs> and then like later on, he like goes over to like the cheerleaders table. It's such a cringe, like just such a cringe scene, and he's like being disgusting there, like eating food or sloppily or I don't even, don't even remember what he's doing. And it's just like again, it's like you think like, oh well, you know, you know, here's a guy who's gonna go and like you know introduce himself to like you know a table full of cheerleaders. You know that that takes a certain you know level of confidence and courage, but no, not booger because it's not because. It's courage or confidence. It's just because he's stupid, and it's like watching that just like made me sad. Where it's like, oh, I kind of know what's going on here. He's not actually confident. He just doesn't know what's going on, and that just makes it worse. Like it's one thing to get rejected after putting yourself out there, but like to see someone like just completely oblivious to like the reality around them, it just like. And plus, just like his whole getup, like his stupid long blonde hair and dumb T-shirts he wore. God, I hate that character so much. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, also we need to mention that the uh, the main jock um, is played by Sean Kanan, who people may know from. I think it's Karate Kid two or three, one of the two. Oh, that bit is 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 yeah, part three. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah Sean Kanan. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Barnes yeah, in the Karate. Kid. Yeah. yeah, and you may know him from that, or from he's been on Bold and the Beautiful, and I think Young and the Restless, and other things. And he was also for a long time AJ Quartermain on General Hospital is what I know him most from. Um, 
It's awesome. I've heard rumors that that he might be in um, Cobra, Cobra Kai season five. That would be awesome. That would be cool. He's a he's a really good good actor, actually. Yeah, sadly he is. in this. Um, he uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> actually sad that anybody's in this. Um, <laughs> I feel yeah. bad for the whole cast. Uh, yeah, and the crew and everybody involved in it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, if they made money maybe cool um yeah <laughs> which they probably got paid for acting you know whatever um yeah he's a he's a really good actor um nice guy too from everything that i've read about him and i'm friends with him on facebook i've never talked to him really but he seems like a cool guy so yeah i've seen i see some interviews of him he seems yeah. he seems pretty chill and happy happy to talk to you not not feel like it's an obligation or whatever type yeah. of thing if you happen to be listening to this uh you want to be on the show sean let us know um, yeah. Anyway, so the um, the um, yeah, that, that's basically how it ends and everything. Um, do you want to hear some uh, reviews from the Internet Movie Database, Matt? Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Here's the first one from Martin Haffer, our good friend who we've read several reviews from <laughs> on these types of shows. Um. He gives it a 2 out of 10. And this is back in June 25th of 2020. (laughs) Uh, So not that long ago, really, in the scheme of things. Um, The laugh track only draws attention to the fact that it isn't funny. Uh, (laughs) Revenge of the Nerds was a very low-brow film that, despite all its success, was fun to watch at least once. However, it's on many unwanted sequels as well as this attempt at a weekly TV series all of which I just as soon forget I, w- w- <laughs> I, I all of soon all of which I just as soon forget sorry yeah um, so in that mm-hmm. in the case of this proposed TV series why didn't I like it the biggest reason is that the pilot offered no improvements over the original film and mostly it was just a repeat of much of what you see in the first portion of the film, but to make it worse, the writing really disappointed. And the lame jokes were accompanied by something not in the movie, an ever-present and poorly used laugh track. Mm -hmm. Was there anything I liked about the pilot? Well, the only thing I liked uh, uh, the only thing I liked seeing Robbie Rist playing Booger. This <laughs> Rist was famous for being the character that showed the Brady Bunch had jumped the shark, Cousin Oliver. Now, I'm not saying Rist was wonderful in Revenge of the Nerds, but it was nice seeing him trying something else in this in his post-child actor phase of life. <laughs> um, yeah. Rist, you also may know as one of the voices of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the, the Turtles movies, so... We'll give him that, you know. So he did have. Oh, okay. yes, I believe he. Yeah, was, he, I believe he was Michelangelo. Um, <clears throat> yeah, his voice did sound familiar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. This next one. Uh. It says a one out of ten from DDT twenty one nine seven seven. Um. <laughs> Hmm. On April 1st of 2016, the only laughter will be canned. Like the other reviewer (laughs) on here, I also have the DVD of Revenge of the Nerds, which contains this unaired episode. During the 24-minute nightmare, 
there is not one single creative thought, joke, or performance to be found. If the creators of this fiasco thought they were cooking up a successful American comedy show, they forgot one important ingredient. Humor. (laughs) The jokes, I use that word lightly, are rip-offs from the movie. The only original comedy that made its way into here is as funny as getting a diagnosis of brain cancer from your doctor. The head-shaking, eye-rolling, and disbelief that people actually sat down, wrote this, filmed it, edited it, and presented it this package to someone wearing a suit in a television studio will start as soon as the opening credits begin. They use every stereotype associated with nerds as a springboard for a joke that will sadly fall flat. The only people who will find humor in this will be someone who still thinks that Santa and the Easter Bunny are real. If you have or at some point get the Revenge of the Nerds DVD, check it out. You at least have a bottom to your barrel of horrible television shows that you can say you have seen. So yeah. Um here's one last wow. one here. It's like I would it's a one out of ten. Would rate zero if possible. This is from Kevster Rog twenty or two thousand and one. Um back in April nineteenth of twenty fourteen. I own the Panty Raid edition of the movie, so I have this pilot. Viewed twice, was sorry both times. I saw very little resemblance to the Far Superior movie. No wonder it was unaired. I just wish it was never seen and never allowed to be seen by anyone. It is that horrible. This is more benefiting of the genre of parody, but that would be, that would do little to improve it. This TV pilot, needs to be burned. And then the ashes need to be burned again. Then those ashes need to be put in a sealed urn. The urn melted, placed into a steel vault, and then buried a hundred feet into the ground. I wouldn't even try to force my worst enemy to watch this joke of a pilot. (laughs) Wow. This person really hated this. So much anger. But they viewed it twice. I know exactly. Why would you watch it twice? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, did you watch it once and think, "Did I just see what I thought I saw?" Like, maybe I'll try it like, again. Yeah, um, like, maybe maybe he got like really high or something <laughs> and then watched it, and like he couldn't really like concentrate on what he was watching. So then, like you know, after he sobered up, he's like, "Well, maybe maybe that was just my mental state at the time." It's like, nope, nope, still still bad. Uh, yeah. And God, I mean, seriously, it's it's true though. Like, why? Like, who who thought of this, and why did they think it was a good idea? And how well, did it get to the point where it actually got made? Like, well, there's this thing called you know milking a dead horse, and um, <laughs> I know, but was. like, so I'm thinking mainly they just realized, hey, maybe we can make money, and but it's so rare. That a TV, like we've talked about, like when we talked about the Fast Times um, pilot, um, it's so rare for a movie based on a TV series to actually recapture or expand on the uh, what was good about the movie. Yeah, I mean, Fast Times, you know, is like a welcome, fresh of breath air 
or fresh breeze in comparison to to this, yeah, you know. And, and that wasn't great either. So it's oh, like, I, was, I, was, yeah. I was making fun of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. At least that was somewhat okay. Um, for one thing, it had plot mm-hmm. other than oh, and they actually had like a set, like yeah. they weren't just like in rooms. The that's the other thing. They never went outside at all during yeah, but, this. But to be like, fair, most three camera sitcoms kind of do that, anyways. Oh well, yeah. At least Fast Times had at least like one scene out on the beach or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, uh, and in Fast Times wasn't a three camera setup; it was a you know one camera sitcom. So it's you know it, actually more expensive to shoot. So yeah, yeah, I know, which is interesting. They got a bigger budget in this, but um, but <sighs> yeah, I do not recommend this to anyone ever for any reason. No, not as a joke, not as not as ironic, not as I mean. Like, I might be going off on a stretch here, but I was thinking if we could somehow capture Putin <laughs> and do the do the thing that they did to to Alex in uh, Clockwork Orange, where they prop open his eyes and make him watch something. Yeah, maybe we could put this on, and then maybe he, I don't know, will just kill himself. <clears throat> yeah, it'll just crack. That's actually a really good idea. I mean, that's what they did to. To Noriega back in the eighties, they just played really loud music outside of his mansion. I think yeah. so he could make it anymore. Or at least that's like the the sort of the mythology. I'm not sure if it's if that's like a hundred percent true or not. But like that's sort of like the. So I'm thinking the, some yeah. of the some of the bad TV shows and movies that we've reviewed on this on this podcast. Yeah, they should just play those for for you know these these dictators around the world. Yeah, like someone should kidnap Putin and then, or abduct him, and then yeah, I don't give a shit if I say this or not. He's, you know, he's an enemy of the United States for one thing, so they're not going to give a shit if I'm talking about them. Which, are, and then, uh, you know, make him watch <clears throat> this on like a loop, <clears throat> but but like um, mix it up a little bit because you know after a while you sort of get desensitized to the same images, so you gotta. Yeah. Like play play this like maybe five times in a row, and then we'll switch it up to like Beethoven's Fifth or something like that, or like Jingle All the Way Two or something. Yeah, um, yeah. And then and then we'll do a thing where where the, we'll play like five movies all at the same time, so the audio and video is just getting mixed in together, and it's just like it just like make them go insane, you know? Yeah, I like this idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or we can just send an assassin to kill him. Anyway, so... Yeah, uh, the, uh, <laughs> but then you also got to take out his inner circle as well. Oh, so that's, then that's true. You know, yeah. yeah. It's not just a one-man show. So. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> it's more complicated than we think. Anyways, I like how we're just openly talking about <laughs> killing <laughs> politicians from other countries. Like, it's like a regular conversation to have uh-huh. and to record. Yeah, I don't think anybody will care about that. Anyway, so... Uh-huh. um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, like you know tune, in, tune in for the for the Revenge of the Nerds, you know, you know, um, um, review. Stay for the you know, hope for humanity. Um, anyway, so the <laughs> yeah, so uh, anything else you want to say here, Matt? Before we wrap things up, no, just just um, if anyone's listening who has the means, just get on that. Get on that idea with the the forest yeah. TV watching. And if you're listening to NATO, mm. um, <laughs> I mean, this might be like you, you say you can't do a no fly zone, but maybe you could do a a no 
Oh, I can't think of a good rhyme, but um, no, a no fl- no no cry zone. Um, anyway, so the <laughs> nah, I, I was gonna say no fly zone, but like kind of like oh, you get your fly open, but yeah. that 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 doesn't yeah. make sense. There's, so. there, there, I mean, there, there's no such thing as a no nerd zone, and um, the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> but um, anyways, um, you know, get on that, you know, anybody, um. I mean, I mean, Zelensky was in a better TV series than this. So, um, <laughs> exactly. And he's a president. He was in the movie too. And then, he, was uh, on a, he had his own TV series. Yeah. And he had, he actually had his own, um, uh, production company as well. Yeah. yeah he had a TV uh, series where he played the president before he was president. It's so fucked up. And he yeah. actually ran as a joke kind of. Yeah. Like Trump did. And he actually became president. But the difference between him and Trump is that he's actually, not hiding in a bunker, you know, when an actual war is going on, whereas Trump went and hid in his bunker when there's just a few protesters outside the White House. There's a little bit of difference, but, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, anyway. make sure uh, you guys all check out our uh, our Tee Public. Um, you can buy some cool shirts there. Um, maybe we'll make some more based on this episode. You never know. And, um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, check out our patreon you can help support us there um share the show with your friends that's really important share it with like three friends and tell them to share yeah. with three friends yeah there you go that's the best way to get us out there also yeah. um also uh check out all of our social meds our our um you know our twitter our tiktok our facebook our boogie boo and our doggy dog and what what else do we have <laughs> Yeah, you know all that. All that all stuff. Also, check out our our our, our BitChute channel and and our, <laughs> and our our Rumble channel where we talk about right wing right wing conspiracy check theories. Check us out on Friendster and um yeah, Friendster and, and um what else? Uh, MySpace and um <laughs> old Netflix where you actually yeah order DVDs mm-hmm. to come into the mail and. <laughs> If you want, you can get the show on Real the Real, and um, <laughs> yeah, and eight track. Um, anyway, so <laughs> yeah, uh, Daily Motion, of course. No, yeah, um, well, that's where we saw the um, Fast Times. Yeah, it's true. The- so it's not a bad. Thing. I actually went and did some research on Daily Motion after we did the episode. I I had thought that Daily Motion came out before YouTube, but they actually came out like three weeks after YouTube was oh, started. Wow. Like, literally, yeah, it was like literally almost the same exact time. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, anyways, folks, <laughs> um, be safe out there. Be good to each other. You know, wear a condom. And, um, yeah. bye-bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease.
you're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 